blessing we can worship today. Pastor, I appreciate you having time with your family today. Welcome to the Matthews family. Broadened, broadened out with the YPF camp on today. It's a different story, but yet I'm grateful for those who are visiting today, plus other visitors, welcome. Um, today it's appropriate to look at Psalm 90, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Um, they believe it's the oldest psalm because Moses lived some four, 450 years before David. David lived 1,000 years BC, so we're looking at 1,450-odd years before Christ. Um, so they say the psalms are not listed chronologically, they're listed in five sections or mini books within the book of Psalms. You'll probably notice at the top of your page there, it says book four. And Psalm 90 is that first one in this segment, this um, cluster of Psalms. Um, psalm 90, Prayer of Moses. It's a challenging psalm. It's a psalm by Moses himself. Some called it a psalm of lamentation, a psalm of death, a psalm highlighting sin and choices and consequences of sin. It highlights that very subject of prayer. It's a man of God who wrote it and he poured out his heart to God in the last several verses goes specifically into prayer because Moses acknowledges the difficulties of life, the shortness of life, the brevity of life. He talks about the anger and the wrath of God against sin. There are some verses there that oftentimes at funeral services when this psalm is read because of the temporal nature of man that he'll return unto the dust into the grave. They leave out the verses on anger. But yet it's here, it's part of that scriptural context because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and death was a consequence. But in light of all of that, Moses pours out his heart before God. But the total psalm is listed as a prayer of Moses and we'd like to consider those thoughts today looking at God's eternality, man's life is temporal, God's wrath against sin, the need to number our days, and Moses' prayer unto God. Um, the context, there was the wilderness wanderings. Um, Moses had been raised in Pharaoh's family. That was 40 years. He Incidents occurred and he was out in the... Um, in oblivion for 40 years and then God brought him and began to use him and he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. That was the man Moses. Moses on multiple occasions interceded on behalf of the children of Israel before God. So it's not uncommon for him to be listed as a man of prayer or the man of prayer. But it's believed that it occurred at the time of the wilderness wanderings, not in the earlier site. There's no time or record as to when it was written during that period, whether it was at the beginning, when it was the pronouncement of that which was going to happen to the children of Israel. 
with the 40 years of wilderness wanderings, whether it was at the latter end, but the commentators commonly believe that it does relate to that whole understanding of God's judgment upon the children of Israel. In context, before we move into God is eternal, if we could please keep a bookmark in Psalm 90, but Numbers 14, and we'll just look there in a few verses, which give you the context of where we're at with the children of Israel and Moses. We read here that they're in Kadesh Barnea. The spies had just come back and reported. They'd gone into the land of promise. They'd been to the promised land. Joshua and Caleb came back with glowing reports of the, um, the land of promise that was provided for God's people. And they were joyful, but there were 10 spies that reported back all this negativity. There are giants in the land. There were like grasshoppers, go not into the land. And we read of the children of Israel. They called a congregation. It wasn't the church, but the word congregation in the Old Testament is just used loosely as a body of people congregated. And it was the children of Israel who were congregated at this time. But we read in Kadesh Barnea, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation sat under them, Would God that, he, that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they murmured. There was rebellion in the camp and they sinned against God. And we read that in, in judgment upon them, um, God said to Moses in verse 28, that you are to say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me, doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, which... Ye said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness. There were 600,000 men of war, and we believe that's the group that um, Moses is speaking about. That was the judgment. Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness over those 40 years. So it's within that context that we, we have Psalm 90. If we could please now turn to Psalm 90. But Moses begins by saying, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Moses is saying 
whether it be in Egypt or in the wilderness wanderings, wherever we are, God has been our refuge, our strength. He has been our present help. He's been a constant presence. God has been with us. And that security and that safety and that dwelling place that God has provided and has helped me to remind that wherever I am, if I have God, then I have him as my dwelling place. We are God's people and we can rest in that refuge, fortress, strong tower, that strength that we have the Lord. And we can be on that pilgrimage, those wanderings, but yet the Lord is present as a constant that whole issue about homes, yes, it's there as a major point, but the whole point is that wherever we are, if we have God, we can be secure. Don't have your security in a place, it's, it's in Christ. He is our dwelling place in all generations, and the children of Israel realised that, and Moses wanted to reinforce this to the children of Israel. He wanted to declare... To, about God that thou art our dwelling place in all generations as he prayed unto God Moses acknowledged that God is the creator he made it all even before the worlds were formed from everlasting to everlasting thou art God thou art God it's God who is present God is that unchangeable constant factor in life and all these other factors change but God doesn't change he is the constant factor and Moses acknowledges that thou art the Lord. Moving on in verse 3, we, we read about the, 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 the challenge of our temporal passing transitory life because we read from verse 3, thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, return ye children of men. See, it's saying that man is going to turn to destruction. We're going to read on how short man's life is, how brief it is, how it's not going to endure. It's not everlasting in this sense of our bodily presence. It's short-lived. And he says, return ye children of men. That word return comes up in Genesis 3.19. And I'll just read a small portion there. Genesis 3.19 is from the curse, as after Adam and Eve had sinned. God says, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return under the ground. Till thou return under the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Uh, return, ye children of men, to that dust. You shall be turned to destruction. Your bodies shall be taken. These earthly frames will not last. That's why we preach and teach that the outward frame, the earthly frame, the, the body that we have, the tent we have, will perish, but the inward man can be renewed day by day. The spiritual can be renewed. But the body shall perish and return to dust Return, ye children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. To God, a thousand years is as yesterday. It's gone, it's past, it's brief, it's short, it's transitory. As a watch in the night, it's not a watch. It's a, 
a guard watch, a night watch, the, and they believed that it was four lots of three hours, that there would be those soldiers, those men of Israel who were on guard, and they would watch for that watch for three hours until they were relieved. They would be watching for enemy or for dangerous animals or whatever the hazard might be, and they would alert the camp to needs that it might arise during the night. But it's brief, it's short, but for God, a thousand years is a something that's very brief. We read of God and man, for Moses is acknowledging, thou God carriest them away, that's man, as with the flood. They are as asleep in the morning, they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth, and growing up in the evening it is cut down and withereth. See, man is going to return to that dust, will return to destruction, will be carried away as with a flood. And I've seen those floodplains, those dry creek riverbeds, and the, the pictures of the floodwaters just pouring through those. It just sweeps everything away. It'll be just like that flood, sweeping things away in its path or as a sleep. It, it's as with a dream. It, it's here and it's gone and we wake up and it's past. It's going to come and be gone. Like the grass which groweth up and flourisheth and in the evening it's cut down and withereth. In the dry Judean hills they talk about how dry and how quickly things can change. Something can be flourishing and then it's not long before it's cut down and it's withering. In the, in the hot suns of Judah. But it's there, it's present. Life is short, life is brief, life is transitory. It's not something we can hold on to. It's going to be swept away and everything before it, it will pass quickly. It's short, it's transient. Mortality is a reality. Don't claim that your bodies are here forever because they're not. I think we can all acknowledge that very fact. Man is passing, his life is fleeting, it's temporal, it's brief. And we don't know the number of our days. It's passing and it's passing rapidly. We cannot resist that relentless march of time that occurs with man today. It's a reality. But verses 7 to 11 introduce that subject of God's wrath against sin. In verse 7 and 8 we read, For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. You see, man is consumed by God's anger, and it's by God's wrath that we are troubled. Grief and sorrow comes as a result of sin. We read of it in Romans 5.12 that by sin death entered into the world and that in death passed upon all men. It was because of sin. And with Adam and Eve and the, the fall that was in the garden, Adam was our, our head, our human head, and in that we have all sinned and we have all sinned. Personally, we have sinned. And we need to acknowledge that all have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. And by that we are troubled. We read in verse 8, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee and our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. All our sins are known and seen to the Lord. They are known, they are seen, they can't be hidden. They're in the light of his countenance, they're in his face. Rereading Psalm 139 today in verses 1 and 2. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting, my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. We read in verse 4, For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. God knows all. There's not something we can hide from God. He's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he knows and he understands. And Psalm 139 elaborates on all those very truths. Just reading verses 11 and 12. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as a day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. We're going to be seen. God knows even those secret sins and our iniquities are before him. Moses is acknowledging the reality of these truths. They were set our iniquities before the the word iniquity as we had at the table thought today. The the Christ came in to redeem us from all iniquity. It's iniquity is the word for no law, void of law, lawless. It's one who is a breaker of the law. It's a word for law in the Greek, and then there's the prefix before which negates that. So it's not that you are of a holder of the law, it's a negator of the law. You are lawless. You're void of the law. And that is the sin, that is the challenge, that is the difficulty. There's lawbreakers. Even in John chapter 3, we read that um, sin is a transgression of the law. Um, we are lawbreakers and we need to acknowledge that and it's all before God and God knows it all. And Moses is acknowledging God's anger towards sin. Verse 9, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. I, I, I've been thinking about um, family history and families and a tale that is told and I've lost my mum recently and my, my oldest brother and I, I've been to the cemeteries. I, I've been to the cemeteries where my mum's mum and dad are, where my mum's mum's dad and mum are located. I've been to the cemeteries to see where my dad's parents are buried and their parents, my dad's parents the grandparents are buried but in a sense all that I have is what's on the tombstone and some notes that might be at home but it's a tale that is told you have to reflect back about well what was the name of my great grandfather what was the name of my great great grandfather it's a tale that is told and our lives will pass, and that's what it becomes, a tale that is told. 
verse 9, for our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. We Ultimately, it becomes a tale that is told. Our lives pass and we bury our return to dust and that's ultimately where we end from there. The days of our years are three score years and ten and if by reason of strength they be four score years yet is their strength labour and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away soon it will be cut off and we fly away I know with medical expertise of today ages are increasing but God wrote there's no guarantee on age there's no guarantee one's going to make 70 there's no guarantee one's going to make 80 these are a guide, these are a factor that's there. And when you look at, say, a rule that's, say, a metre long, and you might be just a short path along that journey where some others might be a long way upon that, along that journey, when you look at a, at a metre rule, say, and you think, OK, the metre rule it represents 70 years, oh, boy, I'm right past. <laughs> but if it represents 80 years, well, I'm near the end. If you're back here and it's 20, then you've got a lot more space, but yet God may call you home earlier. Life is short. It's transitory. It's brief. It's temporal. Our bodies are a frame, a shell, but that's why we need to look at that whole spiritual life and where we head. In verse 11, who knoweth the power of thine anger? Verse 11, even according to thy fear is thy wrath. You know, if we mocked sin and diminished God's wrath, we really don't know the power of God. God's power is against sin, and God will judge sin. God's anger and wrath is against... We can't underestimate sin. God is eternal. Man's life is brief. It's brief because of God's wrath against sin and the factor of death. So there's a need in verse 12 for us to number our days. And it's not number and become a mathematician to say, look, I've had so many days of my life. It isn't interesting. We so often think it's how many years we've had. <laughs> and I, I, I know some people go back to how many days they've had. What's it matter? <laughs> But God is coming back to the days and we need to factor in our days and it's not numbering as in counting, it's reckoning, considering, reflecting, standing and looking at our days and what we are doing with our days. God is eternal. God is angry with sin. Man's life is short. Death has come upon man. Life is brief. That's what God is saying. Life is temporal. Therefore, we say, Lord, teach us to number our days. May we reckon. May we look at life. May we consider the days of our life. It's like we deem the time for the days are evil. It's, it's redeemed. Do something that will just direct your thoughts toward God. May we realise that it's not good for us to waste away our days. 
we've got to realise that time is short, life is temporal, it's passing, it's going to be transitory, and what am I doing with my life? What am I doing? What are you doing with your life? We need to say, Lord, we really do need to number our days to say, Lord, the verse goes on to say, teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Or may we respond wisely. May we look to God and respond wisely in all that we do. May we pray like Moses, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We want to consider eternity's values because that's obviously what the gist of this passage is, that we've got to look at eternity, our spirit, our soul, the eternity that's before us. Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The unsaved will mock God and blaspheme, and they don't want anything with the fear of God. They'll put him over there in that corner or put him in a closet and say, I don't want anything of the fear of God. But God is saying we need to be fear God. That's the beginning of wisdom. And if you can fear God and awesomely acknowledge his great power and might and anger against sin, our lives would be changed. Our lives would be changed. And we would look to God accepting our frailty and mortality. We're on our journey to the grave. We're not here long but we're going to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. For the one who's unsaved, that unsaved one needs to flee to Christ. And if you're here today and you know not Christ and you've not come to that point of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, I beg of you that you need to believe on Christ for salvation. If you're a believer and you're wandering from God and there are issues that you've got to deal with in your heart, Confess and repent and be right with God. That's the important part that flows. We need to see that Christ is the one in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In him is wisdom and life. And we need to look at that. Moses um, was praying here, but David prayed a similar prayer. In, if you could please turn with me to Psalm 39. In Psalm 39, we read some similar thoughts from David this time. David in verse 4 said, Lord, and he was praying unto the Lord, make me to know my end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and my age is as nothing before thee. Very verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. David is acknowledging I, we need to 
look at life. We need to know the measure of our days. We need to understand how frail I am. We need to realise that my days are a handbreadth. It's 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 short. It's not long. It's not expansive. It's not dominating. And say, Lord, I want to. David prayed, "My hope is in Thee." And Moses did the same. His hope is in the Lord. He looked at that God is eternal. He addressed God right. He looked at the fact that man is temporal. He looked at God's anger and wrath and the need to number our days. And then he launches further to conclude his psalm of prayer. And we'll just look at some of those thoughts now um, from verse 13 to the end of the chapter. In Psalm 90, Moses prayed. From his heart, he prayed, Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Judgment had come upon the children of Israel. Judgment had ultimately come upon Moses as well, but he entered not into the promised land because he smit the rock. And because he had acted in disbelief to God as well, in anger, then Moses was judged and didn't enter into the promised land either. It was Joshua and Caleb and the young ones who grew up then to be the men of war um, through those 40 years in the wilderness and maybe some who were past being men of war when the murmuring occurred. But they were the ones who entered into the promised land. And Moses is looking beyond and he prays Return, O Lord, how long? Let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Verse 14, O satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Satisfy us with thy mercy. Lord, Moses was saying, and he's not excusing what's happened. He's acknowledged what's happened. He knows what the children of Israel did. He knows what he did. And he's saying, Lord, Satisfy us early in thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. He was praying out to God, God be merciful unto us. Satisfy, true satisfaction can only come in the mercy of God and I realise that. We might say, oh look, I'll plunge into the lust of the flesh but that's not going to bring satisfaction. We're going to be engrossed in that sin but that's not going to bring satisfaction. We've got to see, O oh, satisfy us early with thy mercy that may, we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And even in the midst of the consequences and as a result of the sin of Israel, Moses is saying, God, may we rejoice and be glad all our days. We know our days will be expired. We know we won't go into the promised land, but may we be glad and rest in thee and hope in thee. May our thoughts be toward thee, Lord. May our thoughts be toward thee. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Moses is acknowledging that we've seen evil. <laughs> A fallen world will bring evil. We've seen evil. Lord, there's been affliction. 
but Lord, make us glad according to the days. And it's it's as the days that, that we've been afflicted and we've seen evil, Lord, turn our hearts to gladness and may our hope and our rest be in thee concerning the promised land. Um, may it be all in thee, Lord. There's no excuse concerning the children of Israel. It's not a defensive of, of one's own merit. It's saying, Lord, make us glad. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. He's saying, Lord, make thy work to appear. Lord, we want your work to be seen. We want you to be glorified. We want our children, those who we, we thought were the victims if they went into the promised land, they were the ones that will be going into the promised land. And they are the ones, Lord, may your glory be unto the children. Lord, it's all about you. It's all about your glory. It's all about your honour. We want you to be uplifted and glorified. And we've seen affliction. Now, Lord, my prayer is that the children of Israel may look to you. It's, it's a prayer of Moses, the man of God. And he was calling out to God looking unto him um, let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands upon us yea the work of our hands establish that if Moses was coming back like David there might have been a horrible situation a tragedy but yet he was looking to the beauty of the Lord for God's beauty to be upon us and for us to see God's grace God's mercy God's love and his desire was the work of God to be established the work of our hands yea Lord establish thou it may your work may the testimony may the lighthouse may the grace of God may the gospel message may the goodness of God may the glory of God may it all be seen and may your beauty not the beauty of the manicure expert but the beauty of the lord it's got to be that beauty that's concerning the god of heaven that's the beauty that we need to seek and to yearn for and to love our dependency needs to be upon god we need to pray god forgive us our sins cleanse us from all iniquity you've redeemed us to from all iniquity lord i confess i repent i turn unto thee and i pray lord that your glory may be seen in your word this is what moses was praying moses was praying under the lord and relating back to that which had occurred with the children of israel in conclusion um, brethren we do need to number our days time is short Life is brief. It's as a vapour. It's here and then it's gone. We know not what tomorrow holds. Today is about death. Today is about the message concerning that will turn unto dust. It is about God's anger towards sin and we see that in the consequence of death as a product but Moses prayed unto the God of hope. 
He had seen the years of affliction. He had seen the years of evil. And now he was looking for the glory of the Lord to be evidenced. Man's frailty and lifespan is unquestionable. But God's greatness and God's might, um, that is a blessing. And I praise God. Um, We need to live in the fear of God. Um, Pray for a heart of wisdom. I just pray as you leave today that you'll pray, Lord, make me wise concerning each day. May I serve you and love you and live my life one day at a time for your glory. And may my trust be in you. Lord, you have to build a work. It's not man that builds a work, it's God. And Moses was looking unto God for his namesake that it would be to the praise and the glory of his blessed and wonderful name. The hymn writer Isaac Watts um, summarised Psalm 90. If you could please turn to hymn 41. And I'll turn to that, make a few references to a couple of the verses. But you'll see the points about which I've spoken. And it's from Psalm 90. And in verse 5, it says, Time, like an ever-rolling stream, bears all its sons away. They fly forgotten as a dream dies at the opening day. Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Be thou our guard while troubles last and our eternal home. And Moses, this prayer of Moses is represented in this hymn, hymn number 41. And I'll ask Mark if he could come and lead us as we sing this hymn. Thank you, Mark.